1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. Oh, crack of the bat, and we are uh, back to our old ways. We're going to need a starter's gun for this one. <laughs> or an email ding, one of the two. Yeah. A starter's pistol. Yeah. It is uh, Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. That dude wrote a trilogy of books, a screenplay, uh, several haikus. Yeah, some poems <laughs> and some all some, about some uh, dreams and all this. 1935 yeah. and the amazing uh, athletic sports year. Uh, in Detroit, in Gre- thirty-five, greatest season in the history of American sport. We've already we've we've and put out many. Uh, we've talked about so much. Yeah, I don't I don't know any other show in existence that can that we're on episode eighty-five. There's like, I've got it written down as eighty-five. Is that where we're at? Eighty-four. How I, we're you're missing an episode. I don't. Know. We're I'm telling you, we're at eighty-five. Okay. Well, in either case, eighty-four, eighty-five episodes. We got to go back and do some math on it. But what other season ever like ever? I mean, I can't think of one. I, I, that what that would, you would be able to talk about a season for 85, 84 or eighty five no. episodes. Yeah, no. And we're still going strong with like many, many more. <laughs> like, so there's, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There only, you go. That's only a, who put that meme up there? Did Chris, you? Chris made Did that he really? the other day. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice we're, job, Chris. We were talking, and uh, <laughs> but uh, so we've been talking, we've been talking about the big dogs, right? So there's the three majors, which, yeah. which sparked your interest in in the whole City of Champions project, uh, and as you did that. You unearthed uh, thir- thirty others, so there's thirty three uh, so far. Yeah, once that- you start going down, once you start diving into the story, you, there's, I mean, it's you, you, there's always more. I mean, so, yeah. there's always more. The Lions, the Tigers, the Red Wings, uh, uh, the Joe big, Lewis, the, the big three. Yeah. Joe Lewis, uh, yeah, it, it just and not counted in the the number of, thir- of the thirty. Yeah, Joe didn't win his championship in 1935. So, so we talked already, about we've already laid the case yeah. down for what, despite the fact that he didn't win his Still championship. Still the most amazing year. Well, he had. I we laid the case out the entire, you know, my entire uh, chapter in the book on the, in the second book and the entire whatever it was like 15 episodes we did on Joe Lewis. The entire goal yeah. was to lay down the case why Joe Lewis's. Joe Lewis's season of 1935, despite him not winning the championship in 1935, despite that, it, that it was the greatest individual greatest. season in American sport history, without a doubt. You got to go back and check out yeah. those episodes. But uh, we we we've, we've done that, and then we were talking about uh, the Lions and their origin and how they they morphed from uh, the Portsmouth Spartans, uh, and we talked a lot about that. And uh, but there's so many, like we said, there's 30 other champions. Yeah, there's so much other stuff. And we've we, we've done two, uh, which which credited a lot of time, Gar Wood and yeah. Walter Hagen. Yeah, but that still leaves another uh, 29, yeah. 28, yeah, uh, 28. Yeah, and so to, we're going to be to pick- talk about, and because uh, I'm I'm just fascinated by all the stories. Because you you the stories you, are incredible, man. You give me the elevator pitch on these, and I'm like, oh my god, we got to talk about that guy. Yeah. Oh my god, we got to yeah. talk about that guy. <laughs> And then today, like you, you, we mentioned, you uh, uh, kind of alluded to a starter's pistol. So we're hitting the track. It's a little track and track field. Track and field, yeah. Uh, and, and I saw some of the images you sent me. Spoiler alert. Cast Tech. Cast, Cast yeah, Tech High School in the University of Michigan. Yeah. Go blue? Yeah, go blue. We're talking, All right. we're talking Eddie Tolan today. Uh, Eddie Tolan. Eddie All Tolan. Right. And so Eddie Tolan is like uh, is Michigan of a guy. You know, th- This guy is a Detroit and Michigander as much as you can possibly get. 
I and I mean, and and again, this guy this was name a is representative n- of Detroit and Michigan par excellence. And this name is new to me. Yeah. Well, so Eddie Tolan, he's every once in a while. It's interesting because once you hear the name once, Eddie Tolan, yeah, all of a sudden you'll start hearing it more, right? Because I, you know, I'd never heard of of anything like this. You know, when I first started this project, I was a senior at Western. You know, the pitch. I had never. You know, I. I mean, I'd like you know Detroit sports and Detroit history. <coughs> But I'd never, but I'd never known this story existed or anything, yeah. and I'd certainly never heard of Eddie Tolan, ah. right? And it was like you know, it wasn't even really until I got into writing the first book that I'd even heard of Eddie Tolan. It, but that's what's what's interesting is is that as soon as you hear the name Eddie Tolan, once you hear it and once you hear his story, you are it's you, you're going it's all of a sudden you're going to hear his name pop out of the woodwork in places you just did not expect. And that's at least that's how it was for me. Okay, you just—it's just out of nowhere. You'll hear—you'll see somewhere that's like an Eddie Tolan Park. Oh, you'll hear something okay. that's like a, like an Eddie Tolan Walkway. All right, you'll hear something like it'll—it'll it'll just be like an Eddie Tolan Award or something, or Eddie Tolan in the was the first person, you know, the first track and you know, the first black track and field, you know, athlete to do this. You'll all of a sudden you'll know you'll recognize the name. And it'll just and it, this is and this is the guy. This is who we're talking about. All right, He's we'll, a legend. We'll do this, and, and we want to thank everybody who's listening. All the people that listen and watch the the videos and, and listen to the audio podcast where where they go up all over the place: YouTube, Facebook, and all the the podcast outlets. Thanks for listening, and 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 uh, be sure to follow or subscribe. That that helps. But uh, do this for us. Leave a comment if you uh, know of an Ellie, Eddie Tolan. Uh, park or walkway or something or, or where it is right yeah uh, or a street or a, a scholarship or yeah. uh something named uh for our well guy you just Tolan. see it, yeah that's what i'm saying you just see it pop up like on random yeah. things it just well, it'd be cool if people would throw yeah. that if they if you if you notice something uh yeah. come on back to Absolutely. this episode yeah. and, and leave Pro- a little comment and prove me right <laughs> yeah prove me right i'm just i'm curious yeah. and, and 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 i'm curious to see oh my god yeah. I, i've been by there it never dawned on me that that yeah. was that so yeah. I want to I want to see if if we can spark any of that. So, uh, but yeah, just so thanks for listening and watching. So make sure you follow or like or collect or whatever it is on your particular uh, outlet. Yeah. So what's uh, where where does this story start? So so Eddie Tolan. Um, so much like Joe Lewis, he you know exactly like Joe Lewis. He was not born in 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 actually Detroit mm. or Michigan. Um, he was born in Colorado in 1908. All right. And so, um, and so, his full name is Thomas Edward Eddie Tolan. You know, Eddie for short. So Thomas Edward Tolan the third. And so, a night. So, so he's born in 1908 in Colorado. He moves to Detroit in his whole family moves to Detroit in 1924 when he's 15 years old. Okay. And so um, they call it like the Great Migration, even though Colorado mm-hmm, wasn't mm-hmm. really. It was more of a Western, you know, state. But, um, but anyways, uh, um, so when Eddie Tolan moves, to, when they move to Detroit, Eddie en- enrolls at Cass Tech. And uh, so at 16 years old, he's part of it. So it, it, it's, it, do, it doesn't take long for his athletic uh, prowess to, to, to shine. Right. But he's 16 years old. He's part of a two-man, tra- uh, two-man team, which one that wins the national, the national interscholastic indoor track meet in Soldier Field in Chicago. So he's only 16 years old. He wins a, a national. What year was it, that? He's 16 years. Uh, he's uh, 1920, 1924. Okay. Shortly, there, shortly after. So maybe 19, so it's 1925. So 1924, he moves to Detroit. Yes. 25, he wins. Yeah, right off the bat. He's, nice. He's, yeah, he's With 16, 16 years old, yeah. And uh, then, uh, so then, and then over the, so then over the course of this, um, and then over the next couple of years, he he sets two state re- Michigan state records. One's in the hundred yard dash, 
and the second is in a 220-yard dash. So the 100-yard dash, he runs, he sets the state record at 9.8 seconds. And this is while he's in high school? This is he's in high school. Mm. And then Cass Tech, so Cass Tech's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So um, we got a picture of Eddie Tolan here. There um, in his Cass Tech his Cass uh, track Tech uniform. Track uniform, yeah. Uh, I ran track in high school. Did you really? Probably not nowhere no. near as fast <laughs> Hell as... Hell no, you did Eddie. I did, I, did, I did distances. Did you? I did the mile, the two mile, the two mile Did you do cross country? And the, the high hurdles. Well, cross country is a different season, but yeah, I oh, did cross country okay. too. So for oh, that's the, right. It's not really part of track, For is it? track, yeah. Cross country is its own sport, different yeah. season. Uh, so yeah, I ran cross country too but i did the mile two mile two mile relay and the high hurdles because i was one one of three people on our team that could get over it yeah, yeah everybody else was afraid to to just run the high heads. hurdles I, I just could i wasn't super tall in high school i'm, I'm like six one right I, I ended up being like six one but in high school i wasn't uh, i wasn't six one in high school um i wasn't i was in, in coming out of out of grade school into high school i was like the second shortest kid in class so yeah. uh in my and i was doing the high hurdles in my sophomore year um yeah and yeah. uh yeah but i was like but it was like because you would uh you know if, if if the other team didn't field anybody for the sport for the event you know you get points for first second third so it's like we need a third person to run this they don't have anybody going we want the points and i'm like I could do it, yeah. And so I just did it, and then they just whenever they needed, it, I just and it was like the 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 distance events were always later, so <clears throat> those those hurdle things always came first, so I could do that, and I wasn't worn out because it's you know anyway, yeah. um, nothing like Eddie's career though. No, well, I try to run a little tracker. I, th- <laughs> I think I didn't try to run cross country. These we had some elite cross country runners, but I was like. No chance, man. Their yeah. practices were just them running all day. I'm like, I gotta, I'm I gotta that, pull up man. a picture of Jamie High School <laughs> yeah, do track. It. You it's, it's the, I gotta, I got the, the perfect occasion to do it. We got a couple more episodes after this, yeah. so um, with so this is a perfect occasion to do so. But I try to run track one year just to try to like get in shape for baseball or football or one of the two, and I it was like a week of it. I was like, I'm done, man. We they just, <laughs> ran, they just ran all day. I'm like, no, dude, I don't. I did. I'm, I'm good with that. I thought about I and, and I, I took a year off after high school, and then I went to community college. I'm going to Oakland Community, and I'm like, oh, I'll run cross country at Oakland Community. They would run like 15 miles. That's all you do is run I'm like, all day. I was like, I did. It was about three days of that. I was like, ah, oh, screw well, it. Well, we'd be in football, and I remember the cross country guys running around, you know, and they're just like just doing laps, and we're just oh you God. know we're you know we're we're doing whatever we're doing, and all I just see them is just circling. I'm just like, oh. I'm, man, I'm good on that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah, that, not, that college cross country was like, forget about it. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm, all you do, like, how they, do you, what are we doing for practice? We they accepted run, me for the run, team, yeah. but then I started hanging out with rock and roll people, and yeah. I was like, I'm not, no, my running days are done. Yeah. The only thing I'm running from now is the police. That's kind of how I was. So. I was like, I'm good on the running thing. I mean, right. we used to run hills and stuff like that, but I'm like, I'm all not right. doing just straight running all day. Less about me, more about Eddie Tolan. Yeah. So in 25, he won his first state championship national national oh so he went he went all the way to national interscholastic indoor track meet wow at soldier field in chicago he's part of a two-man mm. team that wins it nice and then over the next couple of years he sets two state records 100 yard dash in 9.8 seconds mm-hmm. 220 yard dash in 21.5 seconds good lord so the just the 100 and 9.8 yeah you're under 10 seconds for a 100 yard dash that is that's <laughs> speed yeah so he sets those two records, and then he then he also plays football. Okay, and so uh, there's a um, the, one of his sort of a great uh, stories um, in his like recollections. He scored six touchdowns in a single game. Oh wow! Six touchdowns, 
And so he, uh, you know, this is back in the 20s. You, know, you said from, from, from his recollection. Well, his recollection was they always asked him, what was your sure. greatest thing you ever did? Yeah, and yeah. as we're going to get, he's got, I mean, I, I had to write these achievements. I mean, I had to write this stuff down because it's just, you know, well, champion this, champion so that. So the last two people this, we worked like, with, Walter Hagen, we had his book, uh, The Hague. Yeah. Uh, and then Speedboat Kings, all about uh, Gar Wood. Uh, when when you say where are, where were you pulling? Well, he's this got there's a lot of like articles and you know newspapers. So when you researched him, where did you find your research on him? Just in a variety of sources. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that was um, just straight out of uh, just I mean just various you know you, there's just like all the other players and stuff. You get a lot of it from the original newspapers, okay, just little so biography you, stories and that. Right, right. The the idea with the six touchdowns is a is a is a famous thing. It's not like it's some random recollection. What I was trying to get at though was that they asked him in a recollection. Of about um about like what was the greatest achievement he ever had and he always pointed at that that he scored six, six touchdowns, touchdowns in a game, game. Yeah. he didn't point to any of these other stuff we're gonna I get into like, so he pointed to this he's like that. i scored six touchdowns and it kind of everybody goes back to their high school football it's yeah. like I, it's yeah. like they're all they're all al well, bundy that's or what i was something. gonna say it's like al bundy he's like he's like eddie told eddie you've been done, you've done, it's like your your accomplishments are ridiculous and he's this like his gold medal swinging yeah. around his neck and he's like what was your best thing you ever did and he's like i scored six touchdowns in a game in, in a high, high school. school football yeah. game. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he always pointed. So they, they, that's what they say. He pointed at that as like his greatest achievement. So, um, so it is his senior year of high school, eighteen years old. He 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 was he won that that same national interscholastic indoor championship again. So uh, they won it twice yeah. in, a, in a within a three a three year span. So he, you know, just coming out of high school, I mean, he's an elite athlete. Mm. I mean, there's no doubt, especially track and field, football. And so he graduates from Cast Tech in 1927, and he's re- recruited uh, by by U of M for for football. Oh, nice! Yeah, so he's recruited by U of M because U of M is like just creme de la creme when sure. it comes to football and it comes to athletics, especially at that time too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyways, so it was at U of M that he switches uh, to from football to track and field full time, but. There's a there's a there's a sort of a an issue um, about why he uh, about why he switched from track and field to football, and it's never really been definitively answered, and so we're not really going to be able to answer it today. But right. I will lay out there's and this is just off of Wikipedia. I thought they did a really good job summarizing it because I mean I had you know I I talked about it a little bit in the book, but. Um, it's it's got a pretty you know Wikipedia is good. It's not the greatest source of information, but they do cite the different sources, so sure. it's good to. It gives you it kind of gives you it's a, a overall summary springboard. Yeah, it gives you an overall summary of what of like the different stuff that's out there, <laughs> what they're talking about. So I'm just gonna read it right uh, right um the sort of thing. Uh-huh. So uh, so Tolan was recruited by several major universities as a football player, but he chose the University of Michigan. There are differing accounts as to why Tolan never played on the varsity football team at Michigan. According to a published account in the New York Detroit News in 2002, Tolan joined the freshman football team as a freshman in 1927. At that time, no African-American had played on Michigan's varsity football team since George Jewett in the 1890s. Tolan was initially allowed to play, but on the third day of practice, the freshman football coach told him, some of the coaches are disagreeing on your chances. Some of them think you shouldn't be allowed to play football. I'd be tickled to have you, but I'm afraid I'm not going to. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be outvoted. The Detroit News noted that the freshman coach was outvoted. They took away Eddie Tolan's football uniform and handed him a tracksuit in exchange. Uh. So other ind- other accounts indicate it was an injury that prevented Tolan from playing football okay. in Michigan. An Associated Press story on Tolan in 1958 stated he would have been a football great as a quarterback had a knee injury in his junior year in high school not forced him to channel all his energies to track. 
In his obituary, the Associated Press reported that the coaches at Michigan talked the pint-sized speedster into going out for track. Tone was also quoted as saying the track team did a lot more traveling then, so I saw the opportunity to travel on a Pullman and see the country. So there's a couple of different, you know, you know, reason, you know, um, ideas. For, you know, you know, was it, you know, was there some like racism involved? Was there some, you know, what? Nobody. It's that. That's an unanswered question. Sure. Um. It's but uh. Um. It's an un. It's just an unanswered question. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But anyways, that, that's why we're uh, in a couple episodes. We're going to be talking about Willis Ward. Because you can actually see a little bit more um, of football in that era through his life. He's a he was another black. He was a f- phenomenal track and field black oh, okay. track and field you know runner. Sure. And he also, but he actually did play football for Michigan, and he played for them in uh, so uh, th- what was it thirty two through thirty five. Okay. So yeah, thirty yeah thirty two, thirty three, thirty four, and thirty five played four years for Michigan. Okay. So this and that's just a few years after this. So. Um, and so that's what I'm saying. We're going to dive into his story a little bit and, you know, kind of um, it's it, I think it helps to clarify a little bit more, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't answer this question um, as to the actual reason, you know, the actual things, um, you know, the actual reason why he didn't pursue football more, um, especially since, you know, because here's the thing. Willis Ward did Willis Ward. We're going to talk about him in a couple episodes. And yeah. Willis Ward did play track and field and he played football. Right. So if Michigan was letting him do it, then, you know, and it was a couple years later after this, and there was a different coach involved. So, you know, like I say, it doesn't completely answer that. But nonetheless, it's worth mentioning just to kind of talk about that. Um, but nonetheless, when he went, so he, so the conversion to track, um, the, t- the, two, the, the two coaches he had were absolute legends. Okay. Like, they're, they're regarded as two of the best, like, like prior to the like before the 1920s, their names were Steve Farrell and Charles B. Hoyt, and I have another little this is another little ditty that you know really kind of shows how great these guys were. Again, this is from the same little um, Wikipedia link. All right. So at so at Michigan, Tolan ran track under the mentorship of two of the great sprinters of their generations. Michigan's head coach Steve Farrell was considered the greatest professional foot racer this country has ever known in the 1880s and 90s. And Michigan's assistant coach, Charles B. Hoyt, who took over from Farrell in 1930, was rated as America's best sprinter in 1913, but lost his opportunity to compete in the 1916 Olympics due to World War I. Coaches at Michigan weren't so, – uh, what does it say here? Um, uh, so Let me see. Yeah, so that, I just want to talk about those guys there. Those are the two um, the superstar coaches at, at Michigan. That, yeah. That's who he trained under. All right. All right, so, um, so just like in high school, right, It's you're just going from – Year to year, record to record, right. accomplishment to accomplishment. So I'm just gonna like, you know, go right down the list. Spit off a few. Spit it off, yeah. So, um, so 1929, he ties the world record for 100 yard dash at 9.6 seconds. So 1930, he breaks the world record in the 100 yard dash at 9.5 seconds. Nice. 1931, he sets the world record for the 100 meter at 10.2 seconds. And after this, uh, he he's the nickname for his his lifelong nickname comes in as the Midnight Express. That's, All right. his, that's his nickname. <laughs> so the Midnight Express, Eddie Tolan. Uh, yeah. So um, and then post nineteen thirty one, he graduates from U of M. So he's just like I mean, you know, it's just year after year after year, just achievements. And then so the next thing that you know the the next thing he's set up for is. Uh, the 1932 Olympics. He's Ooh. just graduated from U of M. Nice. He's heading to the, the 1932 Olympics. It's the 10th Olympiad, and it's in Los Angeles. And by this point, the Great Depression has set in. Ah. Um, so, anyways, uh, so the so the this now now here's the thing. So the Olympic trials he goes to uh, are held at in Stanford University. The Olympic trials, 
And he goes out there, you know, he's like, I'm riding high, I'm setting world records, I'm doing this. And he goes out there and he gets beaten in the in the oh. Olympic trials oh, no. by a guy by a guy named Ralph Metcalf, who it was you're gonna kinda see here. Ralph Metcalf is one of the greatest sprinters of all time as well. Uh. And so Ralph Metcalf, um, he's from Marquette. And, oh, okay. And so uh, he goes to Marquette University, and Ralph Mar- Metcalf beats Eddie Tolan in the 100- and 200-meter sprints. Uh, and so despite that, uh, Eddie Tolan still finishes in the top two. He lost only to Ralph Metcalf. Okay. And so the bo- two of them both go to the Olympics. Michigan boys. Yeah, Michigan guys, yeah. Yay. So they go to the Olympics. So uh, so anyway, so, um, so, so, uh, so Metcalf and Tolan – it's worth a little bit of a dive here. Metcalf and Tolan, this is the first time that two African-Americans represented USA as the top two sprinters. Oh, wow. It's the first time they've, that's, this has happened. And so this is where we kind of come up with uh, uh, the, the, two, this is the two signature sort of moments of this 1932 Olympics. And these, this was a huge deal back in its day. Yeah. So we've got a video to show, oh. little, little one, that little one-minute clip. All right. And so the, to set the stage for this, what happens is – so there's two, you know, two big races that they're they're running in. It's the hundred meter and the two hundred meter. All right. And in the hundred meter, uh, uh, this is this is one of the craziest. I've one of the craziest facts. Are you going to shut that window because it's kind of breezy through the microphone? I think. I don't know if that's if that. I think that's what it is. Check on the other. Oh, there you go. Um. So, anyways. This is the better you prima donna. I'm not a prima donna. I, want, <laughs> I don't want our listeners to think that we're filming outside and the freaking we're filming just, out the, with the with the breeze rolling through here. So should we get some green M and M's for you in a bucket yeah, too? Yeah, and, yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm busting I'll your chops. Some. Go ahead. All right. So we're setting uh, up this video clip. Yeah. So so this is what's crazy is uh, both Metcalf and Tolan they they tie oh. in the hundred meter dash. Right. They right. both they both cross at 10.3 seconds right so and so and those high-tech timing instruments they had back then right yeah it was like uh shaky joe at the end with the stopwatch yeah so they both set so they both set the world record at the same time oh nice but this is what's crazy is is that despite this eddie tolan won the race despite the fact they both tied and they both set the world record the same exact times eddie tolan still won it's because he was taller no, it's because as we're gonna see here, as we're gonna see, yeah. they both cross. They both they both touch the tape at the exact same time. Wow! But the but Tolan puffs his chest out when he gets when he hits the tape. Yeah, and so his chest crosses the line first. So the way that they the way that they described the win was both men touched the rib. This was the official response. Both men touched ribbon at the same time. Thus, both had set the record. Tolan's torso had crossed first, so he had actually won the race. So his torso crossed the line first, right? But they both touched the tape at the same time, and so it's so. The wind might have been blowing just a fraction his for chest him, and crosses just by yeah. hair. So, anyways, there's so if you go if you actually, if you just go on YouTube, they yeah. can, they can do a. There's so much stuff because back in this for this race. In its day was massive. Okay, like I'm telling you, this and this was this was the first time they ever used slow motion, to in the at least in the Olympics to determine who won a race. All right, because it was so close. And not only did they do that, be, because it was such a big deal that they'd used video feed, you know, to to decide this race. That the moment that they both crossed was like celebrated in like images, illustrations, photos. Um, all kinds of stuff. We've got a couple of we'll show after the video. All right, so this is a minute 
Uh, this is the the 1932 Men's 100 Final. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right, I'll probably edit that out of the. Uh, I'll probably edit that out of the audio podcast because that was just noisy. It was, uh, but that's the, cow- the but crowd. But that video screaming. was amazing. That's that cut right there was amazing because it, they showed the slow the way they used the slow motion for it, and you can see Tolan just like leaning forward a sure. little bit with his chest. It just and, 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 you know, barely... did, did his hand come across first? Did one of his hands come across before his they chest? Said before his the other guys? They said his torso. So, yeah. So his was... chest, he puffs out his chest as he crossed, and that's what these images are going to show. Right. You can see how he um, how he crosses the line. All right, so we got uh, 32 Olympics. All right, so there's here's the images. These two images? Yeah. All right, so there's two images here. One seems like kind of late for the photo finish. So they're like they've pulled the tape like a good yeah. There's three they're actually feet. once they've actually crossed the tape. What I'm, I, the point of these is not necessarily to, yeah. to examine the, the finish. Okay, they're two a couple. They're just a couple of the examples. Great, great shot. There are a couple of the examples of the illustrations in that that were put out in yeah. the colorization and stuff that were. I mean, there's a there dude. There's so many of these. There's black and white mm-hmm, photos. Mm-hmm. It's this moment that they both cross, and it was. That's what I'm trying to say. Is it was celebrated. It was yeah. like, it was so close to call that it was like a. It was a huge deal in its day that they're that you know that they'd use slow slow motion to to decide. And so because of that moment, there was all kinds of artwork and photos and everything that were put out as a result. Mm-hmm. And so this is like one of the first times that you know that yeah you know this it's it was a big deal it's like a first time that slow motion is used you yeah. know and, and, and chris said it things. would go viral and it did in his day with, with with photos it and illustrations did. and yeah. uh just saturated the news for a while there that's a, it's just that's amazing yeah it's, uh, and so they both went down as uh uh so they they go down as a tie on as a world record holders, but they he went the, down. They as, both got the world record, but Eddie Tolan got the gold for this. Okay, so this is, so he wins his first gold medal in the nineteen thirty two Olympics. I wonder with with advanced technology and advanced uh, timing of today, if if that would have been you know. I mean, it, to me, I kind of it looked 30, like he, thirty-two uh-uh. and one hundredth, and thirty-two and two hundredths, and and, Maybe. and you know, and, and giving it to him that way. Yeah, know? but they, I mean, it's they, I think they did pretty well with. Oh it, my you god, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But and they, it, uh, <clears throat> but so is yeah, it's worth it to Google and 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 find the, if it. If you look or, on YouTube, if you look up the nineteen thirty-two Olympics, Eddie Tolan. If you're watching, there's the, the, there's so many videos on it. There's they have mm-hmm. they have like little mini shows. They have the interviews with Ralph Metcalf years mm-hmm. later, and he's like, I sh- I won that. <laughs> <laughs> no I, there's no way like he ended up going into politics and that and, what, and what's crazy is that ralph metcalf like he was an elite runner of his day and he would end up facing off against Je- jesse owens in the 1936 olympics right. and he had a race very similar to this where he finished just a shade like i think it was uh i think uh jesse owens had a had a 10-3 and, uh, and he had a 10-4 like uh, if he would have run that same 10-3 he would have been same thing sure. but he was right there with them with jesse owens yeah so he finished second again in the 36 olympics so he's like man this yeah. sucks can't man. win for losing can't, exactly can't so win. the 1932 men's uh 100 final if you if you google that well if you if you saw it here and we just played it if yeah you were watching, but there's a if you're bunch of other videos. stuff where they actually examine it and they like really there's yeah. like deep dives into like this you know like there's there's whole like video stories about you know eddie tolan's life leading up to it and all this and so this was the first Photo finish. Video finish. Video finish. Where they use slow motion to capture the results of a race, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, at least See, in the ni- at least in the Olympics, I'm not sure if 19- it was ever ever, but it was at least in the Olympics. It so was. this was 32. Yeah. But the 1935 story and the things that lead to it, uh, and the people involved in them, 
Every time we turn around, there's another massive innovation. That's what I'm saying. Well, this is this is one of the things that this whole 35 season did for me. You know, for my other research that I do, is this was a foundational age. This was a foundational era for the sports that we know today. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, in, in football, this is where they, the ball size changed. They, they reduced the size of the ball because the passing game was was becoming such a big deal. Yeah. And so there, I mean, so the ball actually changed into the size that we recognize it today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then the and then the rules, you know, passing started open like every like everything. Like this is the this is the you know foundational era of sports and of course all the teams were firmly established in Detroit. I mean the Red Wings had changed their name three times to yeah. the, until they got to the Red Wings in the thirties, um, and then uh, you know this you know uh, everything that the Lions came into Detroit in thirty four. Mm-hmm. You know something I this is a this is a foundational era. They're using they're using uh, uh, video you know slow motion video. To determine the race, and to them, just think about that for a second. Like, I mean, talking pictures had only been around, you know, for since 1927, right? And, and now so, they're using video to throw a using, photo finish, yeah. Now they video, finish, yeah. Think yeah. about that. I mean, think up until like 1915 or 1920, the footage was, you know, really. I mean, it's, it was they had video, they had movies, but they were not the greatest. Sure. You know they were super high speed. You know the the, the you know the people look Film, like they're running yeah. when they're walking. You know they're all yeah, moving yeah, really yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. And so now you've got you just saw the video for yourself. That looked I mean it was black and white, but otherwise it looked like it could have been a you know damn near modern day Chris. video. That was it was Chris. sharp. Yeah. yeah. And so the fact that the judge is like, okay, let's go to the slow motion replay of it. They're like slow motion replay. We can do that now. More than you just know? about forgetting the life jackets. Yeah. So, yeah, but the fact that they can actually go back and, like, well, let's take a look at the tape and see what it says, yeah. you know? And so, so that's, like, a big deal. They're like, hey, did you know that they use slow motion replay to decide? Let's go the, to the tape. The, and the this is where it Olympics. started. Yeah. So, it's, so anyways, it's a, <clears throat> yeah, this is a foundational age. So, yeah, so every time, you're right, every time we do turn on, that's, that's how it is. So, um, so anyways, yeah, so this is, like, so uh, – um, so Eddie Tolan wins that hundred, the hundred meter gold. And then the, the follow, like the next race is a 200 meter and there's nothing, there's no uh, really, um, deep dive into that because he won this by a way wider margin. Right. So he, he, Eddie Tolan ran a, a 21.2 seconds, uh, and then, um, uh, Metcalf ran a 21.6. So there was a little bit larger margin for error. So, so anyways, uh, Eddie Tolan wins the second gold medal. He wins two gold medals in the 1932 Olympics. And Metcalf gets a gets a, actually bronze in that, whereas a um, whereas the another American George Simpson wins silver, and so this is yeah that this little dais right here that we have picture of Eddie Tolan, he this is him when he for the hundred meter because in the hundred meter, um, Metcalf was in second. Yeah, Metcalf was in second, and then uh, I've, what's the guy's Arthur name? Arthur Jonath. Yeah, Arthur Jonath. Yeah, he wins. He won the bronze. He's from Germany. Germany. Yep. But this is be, this is pre Nazi days. This is the still like Weimar Germany. tail end of Weimar Germany. <laughs> yep. So um, you can pick on Germany. Yeah, you, that's the one country you can still pick. On. Yeah, France. You can pick on France. France too. France. You can France. take shots at France. <laughs> France too. all you want. Yeah, yeah. China um, too. Them and them damn balloons. Yeah, dude. You can. You, we can say any. We can sling anything we want at them. Although they have the capability of shutting us down. We could, sh- they got we could shut them down too if we didn't buy all their goods. Whenever man, <laughs> stop buying Chinese goods. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. We're right, like, but this was the uh, the the hundred meter hundred meter uh, medal ceremony. Yeah, here. that was a hundred meter medal ceremony. Tolan gets Tolan gets the gold, and so anyway, so he wins two gold medals in this Olympics, and 
Eddie Tolan. He, but hey, man, it ain't no six touchdowns in a high yeah. school football he's game. Like, yeah, that is exactly. He's <laughs> like, this is great, but I also scored six touchdowns. But, <laughs> hey, 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 Arthur, I t- ever tell you? I scored six touchdowns in a in, in my high school football game. Arthur's like, yeah, you also got the gold medal too, dude. And he's like, yeah, but that's nothing. That's a, a cute little sailor outfit. If anybody's uh, listening to the audio podcast, again, worth a, a, a look-see at the video. Uh, Arthur's wearing a cute little sailor outfit. Yeah, I guess. I like that. Is it? I mean, Arthur, it's, it's not too flashy. I think it's cool, but I don't, don't want to uh, say it's cute. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool. It's, they got a they got his dress code. You know, they got a cool sense uh, of style back. I'm then. just bagging on his. Uh, it's it's it looks like a little sailor outfit. I mean, it's his Olympic gear, man. Hey, sailor. Eddie's to the U.S. The USA. We got they, they got sweatshirts. That's and, it. They got the <laughs> they got. They, it looks kind of contemporary because it does. It, it's like uh, they got the sweatshirts know, with the USA logo like, on I'm the front. I'm looking for the Nike logo on those. Yeah, track pants. Yeah, and, yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, and if you ever have a chance to look at the the uh, the LA the Coliseum that they played in for 32, it's really friggin' cool, man. Yeah. It's like got like kind of Greek architecture. I mean, it is like. Of all the Olympic settings I've ever seen, this L.A. Coliseum that yeah. they, they ran in was like, it is like the ultimate Olympic arena. Yeah, it's, it's just like super a Super cool. Yeah, 32 yeah. Olympics are really, are actually kind of interesting if you dive into it a little deeper. But anyways, so after this 1932 Olympics, I mean, we just kind of whizzed through, you know, ra- ripped through all these different, you know, it's every year of his life. He's, Till he's just been records killing and championships it. and yada, yada. I mean, it's just every single year. So after the 1932 Olympics, uh, Tolan is called the world's fastest human. Mm-hmm. So he's the first he's the first black man to ever be called the world's because that was like an actual designation for somebody oh. that's like okay. that's so that's won so many things. They actually like they I, I think it was the Associated Press that put it out. It was like an award called and so it was. So is the world's so he's the world's he's called the he's he wins this award the world's fastest human. All right, and so he, so he arrives in Detroit on September sixth, nineteen thirty two. He's greeted with he's greeted with an official welcoming committee at the Michigan Central Station, mm-hmm. and th- that day, eight, September sixth, nineteen thirty two, was declared Eddie Tolan Day by the Detroit Mayor Frank Murphy and uh, Michigan Governor Wilbur M. Bre- uh, Brucker. They he's, it's called Eddie Tolan Day. Okay. He's got Eddie Tolan Day. They, you know, they're in, and I was thinking about this this idea. Like, what day is it? So uh, September sixth, uh, nineteen thirty two. September sixth. We should pretty right. much we add gotta that. put that on the calendar. Yeah, we should add that to our calendar. Yeah. 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 Say happy happy birthday. Yeah, to we, him. Should. we should. We should. Birthday, these, but... We should bring these. We should bring these days back. But yeah, you know, people listen whenever. But yeah, yeah. it's no. I just just Still, that's my edification. Have, yeah. I, I like to know. All right, so September sixth is Eddie Tolan Day. I'm gonna put that in the calendar now. Um. Amazing, just astounding, just uh, the the fastest man alive in 1932. Yeah, and so, but here's the thing: is just in, in amongst the little details that we, you know, that I mentioned right there, mm-hmm. the fact that there was so there's this official welcoming committee at the Michigan Central Station, right? And so this, I just want to spend a second talking about this for a second because this is a recurring theme in all, like virtually every single person or athlete or anything that we're talking about that. Uh, that 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 is old Detroit, <clears throat> and I, and I've never seen really anybody talking about this. Uh, in is that is that one of the values of the Michigan Central Station? Yeah, was that it was the it was basically the gateway of these of people that like went out and did something cool, right? When they came back to Detroit, they would take the train, they would arrive at the Michigan Central Station, and it's the perfect sort of gathering point 
for these Detroit heroes, legends, stars, whatever. I'm sure it was like this for you know explorers or anybody that was like a, a you know a Detroit hero or somebody that recognized that you would have these welcoming committees. Yeah. You would have these welcoming. So like the person arrives in the in the train station and there's all these people there going, "Hey, Eddie Stolen's back." You know, this is the official welcome home. You know, it's this. It's it, the Red Wings had it. The Tigers had it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joe Lewis had. They all. They all had this in, in the Michigan Central Station. I know they're re, you know repurposing it, which is good. They're, they're yeah. re- redesigning all this, but the Michigan, but the the sort of the 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 down, I guess you call it the downfall of the Michigan Central Station, where it's, it ceased to be used as a as a train station. Mm. That was it's it's. I guess it's not really. I mean, people talk people talk about the the Michigan Central Station, how much they miss it, and how cool it was, whatever. But one of the things that um, the city lost when that station sort of became obsolete or you know ceased to be used was this incredible cultural component for the city yeah which was that you, that i mean this is like a ticker tape parade type of situation <clears throat> yeah when people came back to detroit especially via, you know of course via train sure it was the perfect spot to to for you know for the city to adore you to gather to and gather and meet up go and, down michigan avenue yeah and, and, yeah to meet up there you take your car you go down michigan avenue, and, and but it's the perfect it was it's just such a just a, I mean, imagine you're Eddie Tolan getting off the train, and there's this welcoming committee. Yeah. They're like, it's Eddie Tolan Day. You've got all these people that are cheering nice. you. Your families are waiting for you. Um, it's just such a that it's it's just something that um, nobody. It just doesn't get talked about of like one of the things that we lost when it came to the Michigan Central. It wasn't just you know it, it was besides the incredible architecture of it. Besides that, besides mm-hmm. the fact that it's a you know there's an Amtrak station just a few blocks away you know in Detroit. I mean you take you go up Woodward Avenue, yeah, and there's a there's an Amtrak station there, but it's not the Michigan Central. You know, I mean the, you're, no. you go to Amtrak, you take the tr- you know you're going on there to get on a train or whatever. Cool. But the but the it's like the pageantry of the Michigan Central. Yeah, like you're arriving through like a like the gateway into Detroit in this just monolithic like massive, yeah. um, uh, cyclopean architecture. Yeah, where you're just going, you know, you're walking through and it's just the most magnificent building, and you're coming home, and all these people are there waiting for you. You're getting there. You you get to proceed out to the sedans and head out to where you're going. It's like the pageantry of it. You see. And there's the 30s studying this story. You know, this is just one of the sort of components. Mm-hmm. Like another thing I think of a, a similar along these same lines is that it's called the debutante's ball. Okay. Which was like a cultural, it was a total cultural thing in the 30s, 40s, and I think even into the 50s um, where like the, where they would have a, uh, the, uh, they would announce in a newspaper like, such and such are are having a uh, are are welcoming their daughter into the world of adulthood. She's it's like a sweet sixteen party. Yeah, yeah. But they would open up this invite, and all these parents would bring their kids there to this like this huge party. Depending on how like money, how much money sure, they had yeah. to throw it, and you know, depending on who they wanted to invite, they wouldn't just invite the world every single party. But, um, but the, you know, but they, but it was like this cultural thing. It was like this sort of uh, a way for people. It was a when I say cultural thing, what I mean is. It was a way for the community to bond and you know t- to come together for a reason to come mm-hmm. together in a um, you know like a, like a sort of a in, in that sort of pageantry, and so uh, it's just there's so many things like I say from the 30s that yeah. are are that have been lost yeah. that we used to do that used to lead to a greater sort of uh, you know a sense of our of a like a Detroit culture or a. Yeah. 
you know, or you know, and I'm not saying it was exclusive to Detroit, but um, yeah, but get that they got that uh, skating rink down there now. Yeah, well, no, that's that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's but the things like that are efforts to you know to to you know to I, restore I, some I, of that stuff. But that but that Michigan but that Michigan but that Michigan Central Station just to, like like I, said, I mean every every pretty much every one of these stories we've talked about there has been this you know moment in these people's lives where they come through the Michigan Central and there's like this adoring throng of people there. Well, my mom has a story um, because they moved from Pennsylvania to Detroit when my mom was, I don't know, she might have been eight or 10. So she was born in 32. So this is, uh, yeah, she was young. And uh, both of my grandparents were straight off the boat from Poland, um, settled in Pennsylvania. Grandfather was a coal miner. He was done coal mining. They were moving to Hamtramck because that's where Polish people go. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) of uh, course. And uh, so, but she has this memory that uh, he came here first and was getting set up and getting the job and getting the house. And it was time for my mom and, and my grandmother to come up. And so they took the train and my grandmother didn't speak English, right? So my mom at like nine is like, has to be the, you know. The interpreter. Yeah. And the navigator, you know. Yeah. And, and she remembers she was carrying like a portable record player. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and there's in the in a suitcase and uh, getting off the train station and just being awed uh, by the train station there, uh, and then getting a cab and trying to get a cab from the train station to Hamtramck. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So but that's anyway, saying, that, though, that, that was like the gateway in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, it, it really you know? was. Uh, yeah, and it's, that's, uh, and that's so what I'm It's one of the things story. that we've. It's one of the things that is. It's one of the you know the the loss of the the Michigan Central was was I think more than just. You, when they look at like, well, we can downsize our train station and just have a little terminus over here. You can just get on the train. Yeah. You know, it's no big deal. And it's like, eh, well, but the thing is about it, it is a big deal. It's one of these things. Yeah. It's kind of like another example is Hudson's, you know. The loss of Hudson's was more than just a place to go buy Christmas gifts. Yeah. I've seen people that, because I never saw Hudson's. Um, I'm from Kalamazoo. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. even think I was even old enough to even go to Hudson's, even if I was from here. But, um, but I've seen people that did used to go to Hudson's and I've talked to people that did used to come downtown and they were like, they've said like, I didn't even live in Detroit, but like it was our thing. Like I've talked to like, I think my aunts yeah. and uncles used to yeah. do it. Like their big event of the year. Like one of their big events of the year was to, was to go to Detroit to Hudson's for Christmas yeah. to like, just go to the store. And then there's another, there's a, uh, there's an artist. His name is Paul Adams. He's a sort of a legend in Detroit. He's a, a very famous, you know, r- relatively famous Detroit mm-hmm. uh, illustrator, and he paints a lot of nostalgic images. They're all really fa- fantastically talented. He's like wins artists of the show at all these different art shows. Uh, but I, t- but I used to know him. I mean, I, I, I mean, I still know him. But I, yeah. but I used to see him all the time, and he had this illustration of Hudson's. And he actually he had done this Christmas Christmas in Hudson's, yeah. and he was like I think he was in his seventies, you know, ten years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So he. But anyways, he did this like illustration of like Hudson's at Christmas, and this picture like he 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 one he was like trying to frame one of them and he botched one or something. And I had just done him a favor, and he was like, "Hey, um, you know, hey, do you want this?" And he gave it to me, and oh, so cool. like I have it, at, I have it, and it's like. I was like, I can have this. It was the most beautiful picture, oh. and it paints. And, and it, what's cool about his stuff is that he, you know, he he paints it through a you know sort of a rose tinted you know like sure, nostalgic yeah, yeah. lens. Yeah, and you're just looking at it like that. You know, 
that is freaking cool, man. He's got like this whole Christmas display at Hudson's and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is freaking cool, man. And so, like, again, the so thing, that's so, the culture that. So the thing about Hudson's is again, it's the same thing. It's this sort of. Yeah. It's this. Um, it, it's not even about like, well, we can shop at the mall. We get a yeah, mall's a better yeah, spot. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but does that have that same sort of cultural like, um, you know, bonding component? Or is you know, I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But I mean, it's it's but, it, it, it's it's another it's a one of those Detroit things that you you don't just lose the shopping sure. component. It's more there's something more to it. I think we I think that's all part of the magic of what 1935 was. That there were all these institutions, yes, uh, and and they were in their in their heyday in the beginnings of their heydays, uh, there in in thirty five. So we're at nineteen thirty two. He's getting off the bus. He won these gold medals, and he's just welcome back to these yeah, throngs. He's got, yeah, and it's uh, an amazing uh, uh, welcome for him. Which again, uh, you know, people didn't celebrate African Americans. Uh, yeah, it's, as much. Yeah, uh, but I mean, this is the this is the era. It's the things are starting things are to turn. You a know, little I mean, bit. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to move. So you know, because you got Eddie Tolan, and then you're going to have Joe Lewis a couple of years later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is because this is 32. This is yep. you know September 1932. is about to be 33. So you know, so the, and then you and then you're going to have Jesse Owens, and that you know, like these guys are yeah. you know, Willis Ward's going to he's going to be playing like he's actually going to be one of like U of M. We're going to see in a couple episodes. The U of M is going to have one of the greatest teams ever assembled, and Willis Ward's like one of the best players on it, awesome. you know. And he's like, and he's and he's also a track star. He's he's racing against. He's actually racing against Jesse Owens because uh-huh. because Willis Ward's U of M and Jesse Owens is Ohio State. Uh-huh. And so yeah, so that's the like, Ohio State. Yeah, so so he's so so you're starting to see these things you know happen. The world you know the you know the country moving towards you know change in that. Um, but, yeah. uh, so yeah, so anyway, you know, this is, this is kind of where I wanted to finish off with Eddie okay. Tolan, but got? I, but I did want to sort of say, you know, one thing to kind of like tease the next episode yeah. is, <clears throat> you know, as great as all these achievements were that Eddie Tolan's hitting right here, one of the things that he saw when he first got off of the train, uh. um, coming back, you know, through his welcome, he saw his half, he saw his half brother, huh. Um, collecting, um, like he said, uh, waste paper, which I think is just paper that's just laid on the yard of the Michigan Central Station. Yeah, and he and he looked at his brother, and as great as his achievements were up to this point, Eddie Tolan wanted to be his brother at that moment because Eddie Tolan like was basically broke. Uh, and like he's not making any money whatsoever doing these things. Yeah. Okay. And so he. And so he. What kind of money is there in the track? Mid- I mean, even today. Exactly. And he's like, it, it was a different thing back then. You didn't have like grants and all these different yeah. things. Like he, like he, up to this point, he was doing this for the love of sport purely, mm-hmm. and he is living like an abs. I mean, he's living a life of where he is completely destitute. Mm. He has no money. Wow. Okay. And so, um, this and so he's and he actually they mm. say like. He saw his brother working the most menial job that you can have, and this is in the this is in the middle of the Great Depression as well. Sure, and yeah. he's looking yeah. at his brother, and he's like, "I'm getting all these awards and all this different stuff, but like, I, I would trade any of it to be able to collect paper like you off the ground off the grounds of the Michigan Central Station." Wow. He saw his brother there as a basically a kind of a ground. So we're gonna figure like, out would. more about his. So uh, that's yeah. So that so fiscal so, future here. Yeah, well, some episode. Yes, but the thing is to keep in mind is with the Eddie Tolan is is that this idea. That he is like broke, he's yeah. destitute, he has no money. This is going to factor massively into the next chapter of what we're going to talk about with Eddie Tolan. Okay, so um, you know, kind of leave people wanting to know more. But this is, but but so today we laid out 
this stunning, you know, rise of achievements of this, you know, crescendo well, in the in world's high school, fastest human. You know, high school paid for, and then college, he was on scholarships for that. But the, here's the thing: is but he's not necessarily getting paid money for right, being right. that. He's like. Yeah, they're paying for his trips. Yeah, they're just gonna, probably going to get some money, you know, while he's you know in the sure, sure. cafeteria. Now college is over. College is over, and so what's happening? So, so like, he's, you know, he's destitute. Probably, yeah, he's probably traveling. Crazy. He's probably traveling with the U.S. national team. And yeah. So when he's at a place, they're feeding him. Yeah. So as long as he's sort of part of the system, as far as these races and that. He's, you know, he can kind of live off of what they give him, but he has, no, but he doesn't have a job. He's not well, working. Blow, and what happens if you blow out a knee? It, well, I mean, they, they might, they may help him take care of stuff just yeah. from the sports doctors they got on staff. So he's like, okay. Well, no, I'm just, I mean, you if your saying? career is over, it's over. Yeah, when it's well, over, yeah, it's over. Yeah, but it, but the thing is, as long as he sort of stays within the boundaries of going from tournament to tournament to tournament, you know, to for race yeah, to race yeah, to yeah. race, then he's able to kind of like, kind of. You know, eat in the cafeterias and do these different things. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but he otherwise, he is otherwise destitute. He's yeah. got no job. He's got no money. He's got nothing. So he's that's what he said. He goes, I saw him because up to this point, he's like, well, the next Olympics isn't for four more years. You know what else is there to do? He's yeah. at the. I mean, he's. <clears throat> yep. He is now at the pinnacle of his profession, and now he's just won the two gold medals. But the thing is, back in these days. And it's another. This is another thing to keep in mind as we, you know, for the next episode we're talking about. It's not total home. sports where you're doing signings. You can't make any money yeah. off of your sport. Right. If you make money off of being a sprinter or a runner, you are not going. Then you're banned from any more amateur oh, yeah. competition. And they right, took right. that back then. They stripped Jim Thorpe of his medals. Yeah. Of all his medals from the Olympics, and he won a ton. They stripped Jim Thorpe for doing for playing a baseball game. I think it was for playing a couple baseball, uh, you know, barnstorm games under an assumed name. They stripped him even, and I don't even think, and that wasn't even what he won the gold medals for. Right, right. Just for taking any money as a professional, they stripped him of his. But they took it very seriously yeah. back then. Yeah. And so that's the thing is that all he does is train for his for these, you know, for for athletics. And he's not allowed to make any money off of it. All right, we'll and so, see where it goes next. Yeah, so um, so that's where we're going. So that's where we're gonna. That's kind of like a you know lead up to the next episode. All right, so like, subscribe, leave a comment. The website is uh, DetroitCityOfChampions.com. You can get the books there and uh, lots of other stuff. There's uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies there. There's t-shirts and sweatshirts and the uh, cool t-shirts, the cooler t-shirts. Are on wearingfunny.com. Yeah, stop in at uh, uh, 12 Oaks Mall or Parts Creek Mall. I'm there. I'm at one of those two malls pretty much every day. Stop in and say what's up. Say yeah. talk some, talk some uh, City of Champions stuff. But, uh, yeah, like, subscribe, leave a comment, and uh, we'll, do, we'll do more again very, very soon. Thanks for being with us.